Okay, well, welcome to the podcast. An old friend of the podcast and a well-known man in the industry, Bill is here. Bill Dudley from Cinch, and we were chatting there. Uh, there's some develop. To be honest, these are new developments to me. So I I asked Bill would he come on and discuss what's happening. So Bill, anyway, first of all, welcome aboard and good to see you. Thank you, thank you, Pat. Glad to be back. Yeah, uh, well, you always have something interesting to say. You have the famous top ten predictions every year. Which uh, you have a pretty good hit record on, I think. It must be about seventy percent at least. Anyway, so um, that would that's always impressive. Uh, well, sometimes I get lucky. I was just looking at that earlier this week and realized I've already got a few wrong. But we'll we'll see how the year <laughs> we'll see how the year goes goes along. Yeah, some really, of them are pretty out there. I think on the in terms well, of you know, you're not afraid to try to make uh, put your, you know had on the block uh, check that out anyone listen bill dudley top 10 predictions for the industry always really interesting controversial and a bit of fun as well but anyway bill um what's what's new and particularly the u.s market i'd be interested to hear these developments i think for everybody certainly certainly so the u.s market as we've all known over the years is kind of a unique especially when it comes to mobile messaging uh the big thing that's really pushing the U.S. market along and still SMS and MMS. I guess we could call that a heritage communications channel now, but it's still very popular, still very robust, both person-to-person or P2P and A2P, application-to-person, using traditional terminologies. It's still moving along quite well, quite Mm -hmm. well. The biggest thing that I think a lot of the uh, messaging stakeholders are working through and working on right now is what we call 10DLC. So what is 10DLC? 10DLC stands for 10-digit long code, essentially the long codes that are used in the United States. Historically, long codes were not permissible for A2P messaging. Mm -hmm. And about 2016-17, a working group, myself included, under the CTIA, which is the big trade group in the United States, uh, came up with guidelines, an initial set of guidelines, to make 10-digit long code acceptable as a sender ID. Prior to that, you only could use a short code in the U.S. The U.S. doesn't support alphanumeric codes, although that's something I have uh, been pushing over the last recent years uh, with the CTIA to get the carriers to support. That notwithstanding, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, 10-digit long codes, or 10-DLCs as we call them, have become uh, acceptable as sender IDs for business messaging. And that's all been codified in what we call the CTIA guidelines. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just recently, just about a, two weeks ago from today, uh, the CTIA issued its update to the guidelines. The overall changes were not that extensive, but what we, they did do is change the definition that I think has caused a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. There's a concept called P2P, person-to-person, and A2P. We're moving away from that. We're calling it consumer-to-consumer or consumer-to-non-consumer and vice versa, of course. Non-consumer means anything that has to do with a business, a trade, anything like that. Consumer is just 
individual texting each other. Sure. So we're using consumer and non-consumer. And so with non-consumer, the idea is if you're going to text or send an MMS for that matter to a consumer, that consumer must consent to receiving those messages. Right. So it's all about gaining consent. Now in the U.S., we have uh, registration of all the senders of 10 DLC messaging. And there is an entity uh, independent called the Campaign Registry, or we call it TCR. The Campaign Registry is nothing but a registry. Mm-hmm. It You register the senders and you register a campaign. So the right. senders would be called a brand and the campaign would be your messaging activity. And does now this, sorry, about, sorry about, so does this, this is the basic, um, uh, maybe technical, but also legal difference between the two, uh, between a personal 10-digit number and a, a business 10-digit number. That is correct, right. So, but yes. mostly has a legal status or, you know, it's, it's a permissions issue around that number. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Sorry, yeah. okay, You've got that right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, these numbers uh, outside the U.S., you might call them geographic numbers or landline numbers, but they are uh, permissible for messaging, mm-hmm. mobile messaging. And so consequently, TCR has the job of registering all of those on behalf of the brand, the business that's that's doing that. And then we have the campaign. So you have brands and you have campaigns. Uh, a brand can have multiple messaging campaigns. Uh, you, you have entities called communication service providers or CSPs. Uh, an entity can register as a CSP. Their customers may be multiple brands. Mm-hmm. And then each brand can register multiple campaigns if they will. And of course, each campaign can have up to... Uh, 49 numbers, phone numbers associated with them. And if you need any more of that, there are certain provisions that we can do to create a number pool and more mm-hmm. numbers can be attached. But we won't go into that sure. level of detail. To date, I think there's several hundred thousand messaging campaigns registered in TS- TCR today. And so, you know, all of the messaging stakeholders that are involved in business messaging are actively registering probably many thousands of campaigns per week. It is growing. You've created a new market, is what you're saying. We have created a new market. Yeah. We've that's, created a new market. That's always good. That's always good. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's really taking off. It's yeah. really taking off. It brings messaging to small businesses, mom and pop shops, whatever kind of business you can imagine that in the past were really kind of locked out of messaging because short codes were expensive. Mm -hmm. You couldn't really do anything through, you know, P2P. You could try, but over the years, P2P has gotten more strict and the, uh, spam control and messaging control, you would b- basically have a lot of non-sanctioned messaging sure, running over sure. the P2P or consumer channels, yeah. and it would be blocked. So it was not very reliable. And that's kind of a safeguard. Okay, to uh, again, so you're basically your spammers took personal numbers and, and spam people. Sure, uh, sure. You're saying, but you have a, a controlled set of numbers or self-registered numbers that are 
not not uh, presume the person or the business has to maintain a certain um, code of ethics or your behavior, but on Indeed. that basis they're not blocked. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, all business messaging, yes, you have to comply with certain guidelines and uh, things like that. Um, the biggest one, the biggest one is if you're a business messaging entity, you've got to gain consent from consumers that you're going to send to. Uh, and there are different ways, supported ways that consent can be obtained. Right. So, for example, you a uh, business may have a website. And on the website, they may have a form and you can fill in your name and subject and send them a message and you put your phone number in there. And yeah. on that, you can, you might have a checkbox or you may see a disclosure that says, yeah, I, I, I know that I, I can accept text messages from this business. Very simple mm-hmm. like that. And there's other regulations we won't go into, but uh, suffice it to say, that is one of the big changes that we're really pushing in within 10 DLC is to make sure that consent is obtained before that business entity sends the traffic. And is that, is that the, still a bit of a barrier, Bill? Because you know, I mean, I know I I register for interest uh, of interest in web uh, pages all the time, but it's always sort of something like, well, well, like you know, will I do it? Because like I do. Is there another way to do it, or is that is that where you get? Oh, there are other ways to do it. Obviously, yeah, you can you yeah. can you can provide consent via a, a phone call. Okay. I can tell you, Pat. Yeah, yeah, you can send me text. I just consented for you to send me text messages if you were a business. Now you might you're going to obviously record that down that I have, you know, because you, you got to get my phone number. So here's your I, I've got your phone number. Thank you for consenting now you can maintain that right mm-hmm. uh other ways you can do it through you know i can send you a message i can initiate a text between uh the business so i can as a consumer i can send a text to the business and that's kind of something that's happening more and more more people can look at a business phone number and say can i call a text mm-hmm. and you can text that number mm-hmm. and so the act of the consumer texting the business is also viewed as a, a legitimate opt-in. Or... Sure, sure, I get you, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's sort of surprising. I, I don't know if you're about like me, Bill, is, you know, when I was brought up, you always answered the phone rang in the hall, a big black phone. You go, mm-hmm. you know, we used to say what our number was because in Ireland, the um, person at the coin box would drop the money if they knew they had the right number. But anyway, now... I never answer a number. I don't know who it is. I never. I'm the same way. I am the absolute same way. I never answer. Of um, behavior. Uh, I mean, I'd rather, if they sent me a text, I'd understand what they're on about first. So, you know, yes. that's the whole point. It's, it's um, anyway, sorry, I was cutting across, Bill. I'm just, we're just talking about the, the sort of human behavior aspects of, of uh, the uh, classic phone callers. Uh, classic no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, but that, that you know, the, the whole idea of providing consent is is the key. And there are a lot of other ways. You can use an IVR system. You can call in and press one to opt in to receive text. You can do, uh, you know, you can you can send a keyword. You can be checking out of a uh, maybe a, a medical clinic or something like that. And when you check out, they can say, "Hey, can we send you a, an appointment?" reminder oh yeah here's my number 
yeah. put, uh, put that in, you've consented. So there's there's a myriad of ways to provide consent. But the key point is that 10-digit long code messaging is really growing in stature. There are hundreds of thousands of businesses that are using texting and messaging for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing. It's certainly helped the growth in this market. Uh, I know in other markets around the world, long code messaging has been uh, active. But the d- key difference is those are always mobile numbers. You have to get those mobile numbers from one mm-hmm. of the mobile operators in those countries. In the U.S., these don't have to be mobile numbers. They can be any type of number. And- yeah, I was, uh, so, uh, Bill, I was just going to get to that. Uh, like, I've, I've, It's been a while since I uh, lived in the States, but is the the numbers look the same, right? So what used to be... They absolutely look the, look the yeah. same. You can't tell the difference looking yeah. at a phone number to see if it's a mobile number, if it is a landline number. Yeah, now, yeah. we do have... And most most markets have this too. We do have toll free numbers that you can typically look at. They'll have uh, the first three digit after the country code, which would be eight hundred, eight five five, eight six six, so forth. There's a number of uh, what we call area codes that uh, designate it as a toll free number. Mm-hmm. Now, to- there's toll free messaging. You can do messaging over those numbers as well. And there's a whole infrastructure that's a little bit different than did DLC, but it's it's similar. There is also a registration process. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, do, do you buy a package of still buy a package of text in the U.S. and as part of your plan, or what do you get? You you typically get unlimited texting now. Really? Right? Yeah. yeah. And with toll free, it's kind of a misnomer. It's toll free from the consumer to that business. Hmm. Uh, nowadays. You know, we have almost unlimited dialing, voice dialing nationally. So it doesn't, you know, a toll-free number may not be quite as useful as it once was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, and what's what's your overall? So the U.S. market seems pretty healthy. SMS still holding its head up. You're probably getting the usual um so-called over-the-top or, you know, WhatsApp, et cetera. We do. We still have – yeah, we have a lot of over-the-top. We have – or or cloud messaging, whatever you want to call call mm. it. Uh, uh, there's there's a lot of second-line apps. Uh, mm. You would have those like Pinger uh, has several second-line apps and Google Voice. And there's another one called TextNow that has quite a few million – uh, subscribers. These sort of function as similar to an MVNO, but they they run over, they can run over local Wi-Fi, they can run over uh, any mobile network. They're mm-hmm. essentially an app with a second number uh, on, on the device, and you okay, can call and text those as well. That second number, is that, does the FCC grant those numbers to them? Or, or does it... uh, the, the numbering authorities do, yes. Number, yeah. And then they, they usually buy the numbers from a company like Sense, for example, who provides, you know, millions and millions of numbers. Okay, brilliant, yeah. So um, you you were talking earlier about um, a new development with the uh, the likes of C- the CPAS companies providing uh, enterprise solutions to uh, uh, corporations. This was this I thought was very interesting. Oh yeah. Okay. So the big enterprise solutions that are being provided to businesses, small and large, again, are called Universal Communications as a Service or UCAS. Mm-hmm. 
providers. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of small and large UCAS providers that are providing cloud phone services. This is this replaces the old PBXs that yeah. we used to see in the 80s and the <laughs> 90s uh, when a business uh, gets a, a uh, phone system. You know, everybody would have their desk phone. I Today, used to, I used to design t- them, Bill, so I know them pretty well. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I, I think I'm aging myself a little bit here, <laughs> remembering those. But these are sort of the, the next generation. They've been around for several years. Uh, you know, they're going to provide uh, a business phone line. Uh, they will provide uh, a team chat. Think of how Microsoft Teams works or even Zoom. Yeah, mm-hmm. is, probably a lot of you use Zoom phone. Uh, we're doing this podcast over Zoom. Uh, they have, some have communications APIs. They have a contact center. They, they support video meetings and video calls all within you know uh, the business, either on the laptop or desktop or whatever. Um, every employee will have their own phone number. Mm-hmm. And but one of the cool things about UCAS is most of them provide messaging, so you can team chat with your with your colleagues in the business, but you can also put in a phone number and send a text message or even an MMS message to outside to any phone number. Yeah. So mm-hmm. UCAS texting is really truly conversational messaging. Mm-hmm. However, the U.S. carriers or operators say that UCAS texting, even though it's actually person-to-person or conversational, it's still designated as non-consumer-to-consumer. So even the UCAS providers have to gain consent from other people they they text. Now, it's simple. It's simple, and the rules are somewhat relaxed for them. Versus during true A to P, where I'm going to send you notifications that I ship something to you, or you've got this type of alert or that kind of alert, or even two FA. With UCAS, it's conversational. You still want to gain consent. Consent mm-hmm. is still required, and that was codified in the most recent version of the uh, CTIA guidelines, which is what we kind of consider in the messaging industry kind of the Bible that we all go by. That mm-hmm. has all of the guidelines and best practices. And such, uh, even even the, the 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 mobile operators in the U.S. Uh, refer to that, and they were they of course have had a lot of input on these guidelines as well as other stakeholders in the messaging center. So UCAS is really growing in statue. You can buy. I, I've heard advertisements and for UCAS, you know, for twenty five U.S. dollars a month per user. Mm -hmm. and you've got Mm -hmm. a phone system so -hmm. certainly a lot of small businesses where they may have only one or two lines you know they're going to pay 50 or 100 dollars a month it gives them you know unlimited national calling they have you know the contact center they have team chat uh and they have sms so they're most of the a lot of these people are making sure that people know that they can text that number just Mm -hmm. as well as they can call that number and that becomes their business line. And there are literally hundreds of thousands of businesses using this from large uh, yep. companies that have, you know, tens of thousands of employees to small mom and pop stores yeah. no, that have amazing. one line. It's amazing how the industry's uh, I, Actually, in some ways, I think the pace of change has accelerated in the last decade. Um, 
you know, it's just it's uh, because typically the telecom business was a lot slower because the infrastructure was bespoke, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they just sort of moved um, all in the cloud now. It's all software. But uh, okay, anything else, Bill? Do you think we sh- we should be aware of? Uh, this is well, certainly, certainly, I think UCAS is kind of a new new type of, of messaging entity, mm-hmm. messaging endpoint. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, we started seeing the over-the-top second-line mobile apps come into fruition. You know, they joined a person-to-person ecosystem, mm-hmm. and that, that went along very well. And then this started changing, and more and more uh, businesses said, hey, we want to get into this texting. Well, then the, you got the rise of companies like Twilio and Cinch and many other ones that were starting to provide messaging APIs to to developers, and that kind of grew into what we know today as 10DLC. So 10DLC is very healthy. Like I said, there's hundreds of thousands of messaging campaigns, and that's growing all the time. Uh, it's all registered. It's all sanctioned by the U.S. carriers. Um, and interestingly enough, there you know, a lot of the UCAS companies are trying to find ways that they can expand this service, especially these texting services, outside of this market hmm. into other markets. Now, it's more difficult because in other markets, just like the EU and Asia, it is not permissible for non-mobile numbers to be sender IDs. It just doesn't work yeah yeah, yeah. it just doesn't work there may be a few pockets of it but it's not actively done and that's the cool thing about this market is these don't have to be mobile numbers yeah they can be what's designated as a geographic or landline number Uh, some businesses have had uh vanity numbers for example like they'll spell something sure yeah you know yeah and they want to keep that yeah yeah so I, i i see i see businesses trying to use UCAS to expand even further afield. Right now, it's not easy to do, like I said, given the restrictions that we see on what numbers can be used and what can't be used. But uh, at least in this market and in Canada too, uh, these UCAS providers are you know, gaining hundreds, thousands yeah. of, uh, of new customers all the time. And it's growing the 10 DLC market. It's helping SMS, MMS. And I, I think in, in the close future, we'll see UCAS expand to even other channels. I hear some of them saying, hey, we'll provide a WhatsApp interface for you. Yeah. Or some are going to try to say, hey, let's try some RCS. Yeah. Uh, but but certainly, uh, it's... It it is a it is a new growth vector, if you will, and I I feel that it 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 it's another way to help this marketplace. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty what exciting. we call our old heritage SMS and MMS. A lot of people say, "Oh, SMS is dead; no one uses it anymore." I I say, "Well, I'm not going to say what I really say, but it's not <laughs> happening. It's not happening. Yeah, this is this is still a very yeah. It's a, it's a pragmatic and efficient channel, and it's you know, it is, it is. It's you know, like it doesn't matter what Apple does; you can still send someone an SMS. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's that's great, Bill. So I just, um, as you know, at the end of the podcast, we just talk a bit about personal stuff. So I don't think a lot of people will be aware that you have a really interesting hobby, and um, and you're a beekeeper. Yeah, I am. I am. Yes, and um, I have, I have a number of hives. 
Okay. It's 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 a, it's a uh, somewhat frustrating hobby, so, so to speak. <laughs> but it, you know, it it's certainly uh, it's certainly worthwhile when you start harvesting. You know, many 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 pounds of honey, and uh, it's uh, the honey mm -hmm. we've always produced has been really these, really these good. Don't obey rules, but your rules. They do not obey rules. They have their own. <laughs> mentality they have their own ways of doing things but for the over for overall it's been quite fulfilling to to raise bees yeah that we were talking earlier i mean it really is there's stunning animals uh, you know insects that somehow or other cooperate at an incredibly sophisticated level that you could not condone or believe that the brain size would would support it's just amazing really Absolutely. I'll tell you a quick story here. Uh, uh, a few years ago, a colleague and I, uh, when we were part of SAP, uh, before we were, our, our business using it was acquired by Cinch, we wrote a blog post. Uh, actually, it was an article that appeared in IoT Times. We basically compared IoT systems to beehives and <laughs> the the hierarchy of how bees work it was compared to an we realized that we could learn a lot about building iot systems if we just looked at how honeybee hives worked <laughs> so we we had done an article he, he was also a beekeeper we did an article i think it's in iot communications or something like that sure, probably sure. find okay. it yeah i'll be i'll put a link on the show card if you can find it um, and yeah, Bill, also on this podcast, and um, you get to nominate the playout song. So maybe you, you, I know what it is. So maybe if you tell the listeners what it is and why you picked it. Yeah, that's, that'll be fun. So I listen to a lot of singer songwriters. There, Some of them are a little on the countryside. Some of them are a little more on what we call the Americana side style of music. Uh, this particular uh, singer and songwriter has been around since uh, almost almost 20 years. He's been around a while. A guy by the name of Hayes Carl. Uh, Hayes is a great songwriter. He does some, some very interesting songs. He's kind of in the same genre of songwriter as if you know who John Prine is mm -hmm. or Guy Clark. Yeah, um, that mix of um, sort of, as you say, like modern day Americana. Like, yes, yes. Um, Absolutely. It's, not in the, it's in the present, but it's got those old, old school sound. I won't give away too much about the song, but the song is called <laughs> Nice Things. And uh, just thinks about uh, kind of how society is looked at today and, you know, where some of us think society has gone wrong. It's it's a slightly political song, slightly tongue in cheek song, but I think I think you'll enjoy it. I, I, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I listened to it and I thought it was really interesting. Uh, again, I won't say anything about it, but I'd recommend the uh, listeners. And also, the video is pretty amazing, too. So thanks, thanks for that, Bill. And uh, thanks for being on the podcast. I'm sure we'll have you on. Oh, I enjoyed it. Okay, maybe we'll do uh, next year end. Maybe we'll discuss your top 10. Let's do that. Let's do that. In the year end, uh, we'll, we'll discuss the topics before maybe we publish next year. Yeah, that uh, would be great. My blog is always accessible at William William Dudley.com. Okay, man. Thanks for being on the podcast, man.
And God came down to earth And to enjoy what she created Took a fishing trip to Georgia To see what she could see And cast out a holy line and Thought she'd hooked a big one Reeled in an oil barrel And said, oh my me This is why Your whole world is on fire This is why You can't drink from your own springs This is why This is why This is why Why, why This is why Y'all can't have nice things Yeah. 